We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. Hour two, Gresh and Fourier. We will talk hockey with Andrew Razor Raycroft coming up. In 20 minutes from now, I know we got a bunch of calls to get through. A lot of people are talking about Belichick and Atlanta and all this stuff. Um, so quickly, Fourier, yeah. uh, according to our own uh, Mike Cadlick, and he even put in the tweet, I hate to have to write it this way, but the Patriots are now Rooney Rule compliant in terms of their interviews after a couple more. One with that Houston quarterbacks coach who was connected to C.J. Stroud. And uh, now they can go hire an OC if they want to. The question is, who's left standing? And uh, Kellen Moore is going to interview in Tampa. Now that Tampa needs an OC, it feels like there might be a better fit there than here. I'm not sure. Uh, But there's been a lot of talk about Josh McDaniels maybe walking back through that door. And uh, I know you are not into that, are you, friend? No, no, I'm just, I, I just, not that I'm not in, not into it, but it, it just, the signs say that he's not going to be back. Uh, so right now the Tex, uh, the Patriots are going to interview Texans uh, quarterback coach Gerard Johnson, Panthers offensive coordinator uh, Thomas Brown. I don't feel like since the news of Bill not being the head coach, I think like all the Bill people are going to be iced out. The the Josh McDaniels situation, I don't think that's going to work. Another cycle that a, a Bill Belichick disciple is going to be left out on. It looks like they just they just want Gresh. Who is it's coaching so this obvious. team next year? They want to start like a whole new you know coaching tree of young, energetic, um, aggressive. I want to be a head coach type guys, young guys, young families, probably not even married. And they and these are going to be the people who are going to lead your team. Either they succeed or they fail. Like this, all these guys are young. You may not have a coach on your staff over forty. Um, oh, that's just reality. I'm just saying that's what, why hire all these guys. Like you, if you want Josh, hire him. Oh, listen, he's right down my, the street. That was my thing from the very beginning. Now. Maybe, and again, there's offsets because he worked in L.A. Like, I'm trying to think, okay, why would they wait? Why would they wait? Some of it might be, well, if it's, hey, this is the last job open, you should be thankful you're going to get it. Yeah, there'll be offsets, but we're not going to pay you a bunch of money right now or something like that. Because, I mean, to think that it is going to be completely torn down. I heard Keith and Hart talking about this, and I mentioned it before. Where Rich was like, everybody's going to be a rookie. Everybody loves Sean McVay right now. Some would argue Sean McVay is a greater coach than Bill Belichick, I think, because that's how silly we've gone on the McVay bandwagon. They won a Super Bowl. Okay. But what did they Coached do? Two of them. But what did they do the first time around? Well, well, Barry, lost. well Barry Switzer did too. Brian yeah. Billick also yeah. won one. We can play that game all day long. However, my point is, is that. Even with the great Das Wunderkin, what did they do for him? They gave him somebody 
on the other side of the ball that is not his expertise that could be the adult in the room, knew what to do, and can be the guide for a young head coach. To think that this team is going to nail it with people in positions they've never been in, with no one there to sort of deal with the Rocky Seas or something like that. To think that there isn't going to be that level of experience on the opposite side of the ball. Maybe Gerard Mayo turns out to be the new Sean McVay. But you're really hurting your chances of that happening by just going with all young new people on one side of the ball with a brand new young quarterback where we go back to the Bailey Zappi thing. You said something that is stuck in my brain for months. Uh-oh. And you know what it is? Why would Zappi not push back against a guy like Matt Patricia? Because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And we're going to count on that for a season? For two seasons? For how long? That's the, the real crippling fear is that we're like all the rest now. We're no different than anybody else. We just have more banners flying for a guy that supposedly couldn't find his way home at night. The luckiest coach in the history of the world yeah. now. Like, but I, that is, ooh, man. That's why McDaniels doesn't completely turn me off. It's not the connection to Belichick. It's the connection to a little bit of experience. No, I, I get it. I, I Listen, it's practical. It makes sense. It does. Okay. And you're putting I, Gerard Mayo in a better position to succeed, in my opinion. But I, By I, giving him someone on that side who can say, let me bring you along because I'm an offensive coordinator and I can teach you certain things about da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Or maybe the, hey, listen, I've screwed it up twice. So, Gerard, you should listen to me because I can tell you where I've screwed up. You're going to make the same mistake I did. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there, maybe, maybe we've just lived in a fever dream, and we're gonna but be part like, of it. And we're just gonna hit the alarm, and like Groundhog Day, we're gonna yep. wake up, and the last twenty five years never existed. Never existed. You're still in never the happened. NFL. Bill still can't win anything unless right. he's a defensive coordinator, and he and he's working with Bill Parcells. I would have been able to then retroactively not screw up the or, uh, retroactively not get married in the first place <laughs> the first time around. We could all go back and fix stuff. Uh, but I just don't know who they who they turn to. Here's the other thing, too. You're the one who nailed this. You said this yesterday. There's no special teams coach as of right now, and your thought was, hey, hire someone who's a vested veteran in At that role. At least in that position. You can't afford to screw up that area of the uh, of the field. Mm-hmm. Just, just if, if anything, just find somebody and leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Because that'll, that'll, that'll torpedo your that's season not, more than anything. That's not collaborative. And you it's not young. Just, you can't put someone young. in there and leave them alone. It's, it's not young either. They need to, they, they've got to collaborate. Yeah, the, the, the L1 is going to have some say on, uh, you know, the <laughs> angle that he, when he runs down on kickoff. <laughs> like the right guard on punt team is going to have some thoughts on how long he should hold his block. And the yeah. gunner, I'm sure, is assuming that he knows better than you when it comes to downing a football inside the 10. Yeah, a, a linebacker that's an up man in front of the punter says, hey, I heard this cadence in yeah. another. I'm going to yeah. change. I'm not going to tell anybody, but just when I say go, snap it. <laughs> Exactly. Jeez. Dan in Southbridge with Gresham Fourier kicking off hour two. What's up, Dan? Hey, how you doing, fellas? I was just talking about this misnotion that Raheem Morris is not experienced. The guy's 47 years old. 
He's been around the league for a while, got two Super Bowl rings as an assistant on a staff with Gruden and under McVay. And he's developed guys. I mean, he had a, a rookie, Gerald McCoy. He developed guys like Tlaib. He's had guys that he's been able to develop on that side of the ball. And he's been in Atlanta before and coached in Tampa in that division. So it comes down to familiarity and comfortability when it came to that hire. And I just think that Belichick just didn't make them comfortable and wasn't familiar. And, yes, you can look at his last three years, but like you guys have been saying, we're not going to throw away 20 years of dominance for three years of poor coaching. It comes down to what they really liked in, in Morris more than what they liked in Belichick and less about what they didn't like in Belichick. So, that makes sense. Okay, so you're, you're right on uh, the familiarity. and uh, you know, As a head coach, he was a failure. He didn't have a winning record as a head coach. Mm-hmm. No one said he wasn't a good head coach. And, I, and we just played in the first hour sound of why – we think that Arthur Blank hired him. There was, there a, was real, a connection. There like, was a connection, An emotional right. connection. Like, I missed out on you the last time. I sh- Almost the way Kraft talks about Bill not hiring him the first time is the way I think Arthur Blank views Raheem Morris. Mm-hmm. He interviewed Raheem Morris. He thought he should have got the job instead of Arthur Smith. But you know what? Arthur Smith, you know, got the job because Arthur Blank was probably like, you know what? I need, a, I need an offense. We got to do this. We got to do that. Like, ah, no, you're a defensive guy. And now I'm going to go with this. I'm not saying that he's not worthy. I'm just saying, like, uh, Bill's the greatest coach of all time, right? Here's also what I would uh, add to that. If a Belichick assistant went to go work for McVay and won a championship, people would connect it to McVay. So people do that to head coaches all the time. So whenever we look at Raheem Morris, why wouldn't we do the same thing? Or do we just not want to because it's new and different? Again, this is where the goalposts are moving. We're going to look at things one way for one guy, but then we're going to talk about it another way for another guy. Whereas if Matt Patricia, let's say, were in the role of Raheem Morris and they went there and won, would people say Matt Patricia should be a head coach again? He's got the stink of Bill on him, but oh, but he went and was mixed with McVay. It feels like it's the whole... The league has their couple of teams where they love their people and we're just going to try to pull them from there and try to get some of that magic that I as an owner might have missed on eight years ago or whatever. See, it's this for me, it's less about Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris has paid his dues. I mean, he cut his teeth at 32 years old. He's a worthy a, Yes, he's absolutely. Yes. You can tell why people like him. Yep. He's very engaging. He's smart. You know, all that stuff, you can understand why he would be an attractive hire. Now, if it was another team, if it was Carolina, probably not as much, but it's Arthur Blank, and it's the whole relationship thing. To me, it's more about, the the, the, the interesting topic is more about, man, what did you see in Bill that led you believe that just, not me, I'm not, like... It's that. It's why wasn't he hired? Why doesn't anybody like him? Why doesn't everybody believe in him? Why don't they think he's still got any coaching acumen left in him? Or is his reputation so tarnished now, and he's so old, and he's so disconnected, and he just can never, you can never put him into in an environment with young uh, uh, football players. They would never thrive. I think it's gone the other way of the, uh, he's, he's now as incompetent as a coach as Nathaniel Hackett. He was just lucky. I think there are people who sadly feel that way. They really do. And it, and it's, uh, uh, look, I just think that if you're a Patriot fan today and you're feeling good and taking a victory lap that Bill didn't get a job, then you never appreciated the guy and what he did here. I mean, it's really that simple. If it's over, it's over for the guy. It is what it is. 
And it, it even the people on ESPN are like, by God, can you believe this guy didn't end up getting a job? And there were some places that he was never going to be a candidate yeah. for anyway. So we kind of knew that. And again, with Raheem Morris, just quickly, the guy I know was a longtime coach at Hofstra, right? Knew Raheem Morris and friend Coach Mac. And, uh, and he's like, listen, Raheem Morris is going to be a star. He may end up being good, but you know what? The first time around, it wasn't good. So <clears throat> this is that guy's sort of chance. And there's the devil you know and the devil you don't know. And then there's being intimidated by the looming specter of someone, them, them just walking in the room. I think that's where some of this is uh, at with Bill. Uh, we will continue with you, but we've got some uh, Andrew Raycroft to get to. we got a lunchtime parlay for you. Loomer Loney is going to join us at noon. And then we will get right back into these calls with you at 617-779-7937. You can always go Twitch chat, twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI, or text in 37937. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Watch us, love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Huck it talk. Huck it talk. Huck it talk. In the movies, they always go out and find a kid who's really good to join the team. Hey, that's right. We need a ringer. We need a Canadian. We've seen Fourier on skates before, so it all of the talk is nonsense. They're dinosaurs. They know how to, like, yeah. survive. I got a shout-out Razor. That donut's for him. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of my way. Oh, well, I have a good game. Well, the Bruins had a good game last night. They found a way to get a victory 3-2 in overtime against Ottawa. Let's talk about everything Bruins. We do it each and every Friday at 11.25. Our guy Andrew Razor Raycroft of Nesson and WEEI here with Gresham Fourier. Razor, good morning. Morning. I love the new remix. Great job, Fourier. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I was supposed to, I, was, yeah, I forgot all so about it. Oh, right, listen, Lace. Hey, you know what, Razor? This is par for the course. Yep, Razor. On the on the first week we worked <laughs> on the first week we worked together. Fourier uh, was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do a Fourier Music Friday." It happened once. Wait, I had Razor. I have every I had every bit of intentions to do this. I should have yeah. written it on yeah. my hand. This is what I this is what I do. If I and, and Gresh sees me write this stuff on my all hands the all the time, he's like, "What is that?" I was like, "Well, I got to pick up the dry cleaning. Oh, I got to remember we have practice tonight. Oh my God, uh, make sure I pay my bills." I listen <laughs> to next week. I promise. Hold on, I'm putting it on. Okay, what what am I doing again? <laughs> Open for razor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> listen, you finally got me. Congratulations. Finally got you. Hey, Lee, you followed through at Jockitch. We you I know. followed through on one thing, and that was Jockitch. Well, that is true. But that was also born out of me being sick or taking a day off or whatever. Oh, you so. went on vacation. Yeah, that, right. That's what was vacation. That, that's a passion project of mine, though, uh, Razor. You know that, right? Jockitch is a passion project. Yes, I was trying to get Razor the in best today. Way to scratch your I was balls. trying to get uh, Lou. Because, Lou, okay, so Razor's in at 1120. Yeah. Lou's coming on at 12. Uh huh. Why can't they both come, up, come into the studio at the same time? In, and no. we'll do both sports, right, Razor? 
Nobody called. I would. I could have done that today for you for sure. Yeah, because so you done. you could talk about the Red Sox and, I love and their hanging issues. Out with Lou too. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what that's what Jockage is all about. I love this. Yeah. Hey, uh, I love hanging out with Lou too. He's never agreed to do any of this. He's only coming on for like ten minutes on the phone. I called but Lou about this, of, but in the mind no. of Fourier, this is the way this goes. No, I talked to Lou about it, and he he doesn't want to drive in. He just never responded to my text. That's where you I was go. like, what a jerk. He's gonna act like he missed it. Watch. You'd be like, oh, I didn't see you text me. Watch. When he comes in, at when he got the text, he went. Mm. Yeah. And then you're gonna traffic. No. Oh boy. Well, a. Uh, I thought that was a pretty gutty performance last night, Razor. The whole back to back, up to one in the third. You give up the goal late. You still find a way to win. Was last night one of those? Hey, listen, it was ugly in a lot of ways, but just find a way to get the win and get the hell out of there. Nights last night. That's exactly what it was. They they weren't very good. Uh, on top of all of that, right? Like the first period, they couldn't connect passes. I don't think they made more than two passes in a row. Um, but that's, that's again, that's why this team's great. And, and that's why it, they're enjoyable. They should be very likable for everybody who's out there who's a sports fan. Because all they talk, everyone always talks about they want the, the, the team that works hard, puts their head down, are professionals, treat the game with respect. That's what this team does all the time. And I think last night was a great example of that. They they have 67 points. They're in the playoffs. They could have mailed that one in. They're going all. They're all going to the Caribbean in three days. Ooh. Like, but they don't. And, and and Brad Marchand leads the way again. This guy is is legit in his leadership and his captaincy, and he continues to prove that. So yeah, it was a gutty win. I mean, if they had a loss, if now that they've won, I don't think we're ever going to remember this game again. But it, it just goes to show how much they care and, and, and how much they enjoy winning. So, Razor, um, the Carolina Carolina Hurricanes game, um, Montgomery came on uh, in, in post game and was talking about like uh, pinching, like they they like they 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 didn't create the right defensive uh, performance, whatever pinching, something about pinching, and I thought it was Lindholm, yeah. right? I wanted to see if you could explain what the hell he was talking about because I, I I I don't know what I'm looking at. I need you to explain it to me. Perfect. So yeah, game management, right? Game yeah. management. Come on, teach me something. <laughs> If, if he I says, hey, you didn't pinch, I was like, what do you mean I didn't pinch? So, so the, the easiest way, the easiest explanation of pinching is when a defenseman goes into the offensive zone from the blue line and runs down on, on a winger, right? The breakout pass and, and the defenseman. The defensemen are the only ones who can pinch on the ice, essentially. Wingers don't really pinch. Centermen don't pinch. The defensemen pinch into the offensive zone, which means they take a risk. They try and keep the puck in the offensive zone. In the situation the other night against Carolina, the Bruins have done this since Jim Montgomery. He wants the weak side D, right? The, the, the defenseman on the opposite side of the ice without the puck. You still with me for you? I got you. Keep going. I'm writing it down. Okay, perfect. So Pasternak shoots the puck on goal uh, from the right side of the ice. Lindholm's on the left side of the ice. He's driving down looking for a rebound or a missed net. And he, they've been doing that a lot. Last season, this season, that's what Montgomery wants. Not necessarily with three minutes left in a tie game 2-2 against the Carolina Hurricanes. So Lindholm goes down. He gets caught in no man's land. Unfortunately for him, the rebound goes right to the Carolina defenseman, and he sends it out of the zone right away. So Lindholm's in no man's land. The forwards see that he's in no man's land, don't know what to do. They don't get back in time. And you give up a breakaway with two and a half minutes left on home ice, which absolutely makes any coach heated. So, so 
so we just nerded out real quick. We just massively For you, it's hockey like a, nerded out. It's we like, just I went black for a second. It's like the slot That's receiver like you guys talking about linemen or something. No, yeah, I was no, no, it, impressive. Right I I it's wasn't sure. Gap, I, right? It's like, like the, what's the a gap? No, it's like a slot receiver sliding deep into zone coverage and the ball going over the top. It's like you slid behind the defenseman, therefore giving up the one on one. Well, I mean, listen, you hear all these terms, and listen, I'm not a hockey hardo, so I I, I use Razor every Friday to kind of get my fill. No. And, and last week we talked great about, and we talked about what you got some kind of pinching. I love it. The twitches are great. Once <laughs> <laughs> you got it out, some kind of pinching. Razor, no. you need to come in yeah. to help him out. With no, that. because uh, last week we talked about Lindholm, and I'm curious if was that just a massive blunder on him? And for every good thing he does, is he doing three bad things? And or is it just like, is he? Can he not just get? A long line, a bunch of games of being consistent. No, I think I think it's kind. Of, it's he's doing three great things, and then one thing every once in a while where he gets a little too aggressive. Um, it, it's it's a. I wouldn't say it's a, it's not a problem. It's it's just part of his game. At times he jumps, but again, what what the the, the other thing too, right? It was very obvious that what happened the other night. But they've done that 2,000 times in the last 150 games under Jim Montgomery, and most of the time it works. Either they keep, or at worst, they give up a two-on-two out of that. It was just the circumstance of that play. The the puck coming off the goalie's pad couldn't have gone to a worse place if you're Hampus Lindholm, and then the players weren't able to react because of where that puck went. If it goes, if Pasternak misses the net wide, Lindholm's on that puck, he keeps it in, and maybe they score a goal. So, it, the play is easy to dissect because they lost on it with two and a half minutes left, but they do do that quite often, and 75% of the time they, they keep possession. It feels like this discussion happened in like 2015 or whatever when Claude was here. He doesn't let the D-man pinch, and then they start letting him pinch, and then it's, oh, well, then it gets behind him, and you get into all of the you know hockey talk, how aggressive the defenseman should be, yada, yada. We, it feels like we went through that for a while. Uh, Razor, I did have a, a Twitcher who did throw this question in. It was something that was on the radar anyway. Is Trent Frederick on his way to being a top six forward, or is that a bit of an overreaction? I don't think it's an overreaction. I think the his his trajectory since being healthy scratched in the first game of last season, the first game Jim Montgomery coached as a Boston Bruin, he healthy scratched. Trent Frederick, who was established as an NHL or at least a fourth liner at that point. Um, since then, it's been, uh, it's been a straight 45-degree angle for Trent Frederick on the graph. And he continues to grow his game. I feel like I was talking about it on postgame last night or, or pregame. Uh, the game's slowing down for him. And it's about that time in his career where you're 25, 26, where it either slows down or you slow down just a little bit and, and you're out of the league. And, and for Trent, he's, he's getting better. And we saw it again last night. He found some ice. He's able to, he's got a great shot now. Uh, he's moving his feet. And for me, he's just holding on to pucks more. He, he, the game's slowing down. He's not just getting rid of it all the time. And He's certainly trending, you know, he, he's looking like he could be a 40-point, 40 45-point guy this season. And, and yeah, the, the, the future is bright if you can get him into the top six. Because, again, the good thing with Trent, too, is he can play center, he can play both wings. And he's shown that over his career. 
So, yeah, he is trending that way, and, and uh, I think you have to give him a lot of credit for getting his game to this point. Our guy Andrew Razor Raycroft with us each and every Friday talking hockey with Gresh and Fourier here on WEEI. Again, I know it came up in the Twitch chat, and I had pulled up uh, the name Parker Watherspoon. How much longer am I going to have to watch that guy ping dingling around, skating past the puck, over the puck, losing the puck? Good Lord, there were times last night, Razor, where it felt like the Bruins were just trash trying to get it out of their own end, and he was a part of it. Uh, yes, I think everyone was at was guilty of that last night. Definitely. I mean, it was it was it was a grind just getting pucks out of the zone, and even when they got into the neutral zone, they couldn't even flip it into the offensive zone at times. It was it was a grind. It was a slog. Uh, Parker's been uh, an interesting addition in that you didn't really see him coming. Uh, he has played thirty forty games in the National Hockey League going into this season. Went right to the minors. Was expected to be uh, a guy who helped out down there and and helped a guy like Mason Lowry and and won games down there, but. He's come up, and uh, another little nerd out for you, for you. Come on, is, let's uh, he's go. He's a left-handed shot defenseman playing over on the right side a lot. Wow. And that's, Look at that. that's something. It's difficult at times. There's certain situations where it makes it harder. It's certainly not natural. Most guys play on their, their proper off, off proper side. Um, but him jumping in and doing that, he's, he's just a little different than a Shattenkirk, than a Grizzlick then a McAvoy, then a Lindholm, who are puck-moving and get up into the rush. He's a little simpler, more like Derek Forber, and I think the contrast of that has really helped the Bruins on the back end. He's, he's done a really nice job and made it hard for the Bruins to certainly take him out of the lineup, let alone send him down. Marshy gets goal 396 last night. It's a big one. He, uh, he what was it, passes Bork, I think it is? Or I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're talking about Brad Marshawn being up there with some of the legends in the game of hockey. How can you kind of put into perspective, Razor, from the mind of a former player, the evolution of Brad Marchand? It's 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 stunning. It not I don't recall any any other guys that came so underhyped, came in as a fourth liner. Uh, just that image of him punching one of the twins in the face 15 times in the Stanley Cup final, like being being a guy that gets under the skin of everybody, being a rat, licking guys, and now all of a sudden you look up and he's a 400-goal scorer. He's going to play a 1,000 games with just the Boston Bruins. He's going to he's gonna get Patrice Bergeron in scoring next season. Um, it's, I, there isn't a comparison for me, and and we've talked a lot about it, but but – He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame, yeah. and and no one, absolutely no one, would have predicted that in 2015. Like you just talked about, Gresh, go back to there. Uh, no one would have predicted it, and it's just a, uh, it's a credit to how much he competes and and how hard of a worker he is. All right, so Razor, are you checking out for a week? You have no reason to watch all. Oh, he's got to come the, in now. No, but all the All Star whatnot and things like that. You ain't got to pay attention to that, do you? Nope, not at all. Um, I was, I was, at, uh, there was talk of me going up to Toronto. It didn't end up being quite worth it um, for me. So no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working the game tomorrow afternoon. Um, I don't even think I have NHL radio next week. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be completely checked out. Unfortunately, my kids are in, like, I don't get to go to Puerto Rico or anything like that. But 
A uh, little staycation, maybe. But yeah, where where is the get a silent house? Appreciate that. Where <laughs> is the the I guess the go to spot for hockey players on the East Coast? Is it direct flight only? You know, you're not doing the Cancun thing, I'd be layover. Going to Bermuda. Where where would they be going? Oh, you can get to Cancun. I went to Cancun okay. twice during my career during All Star break. I know there are some people going to Cancun this week because uh, you can get there direct from Boston. Um, and that's really kind of the only place in Mexico you can go, right? Otherwise, you go Puerto Rico, you go Caribbean, one of the nice islands. If you're, you know, a guy making ten million bucks, you go to what the St. Bart's or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, St. Martin. You go you to know, one of the uh, yeah. I'm shocked people don't bring up Bermuda. It's but, like it, it, yeah, but it, don't it, you want guaranteed uh, weather? And if you want guaranteed yeah, you weather, you go to Aruba. Yeah, well, the, the weather in Bermuda oh, yeah. hasn't gotten below like sixty-seven degrees or whatever in like I don't know forty years or something you like know, that. Here's what you do. It's you always find, nice. There. Here's what you do, Razor. You find the equator. Find that little line on the map. <sighs> And the closest, yeah. I, whatever the island or place is, that's where you go. That's where the heat, you'll always find the heat if Curacao. you just follow the, yeah, follow the equator. That's it. That's where you'll always get 80 degree temperatures throughout the year. There's a, there's a life hack for you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're going to have a terrible second half of the season if you go on all-star break and it rains for three days. Like, oh. you have no chance. Your wife's miserable. Yep. If you have kids, they're miserable. Like, you you're want not a guarantee. Live it down, and you're going to play horribly the rest of the way. You need a guarantee. I agree. But, Razor, with your uh, pale Canadian skin, can you uh, <laughs> deal with long exposures in hot sun like oh. that, where if you're near the equator, you would get completely torched in a massive sunburn? That is true. I mean, I have I have some maybe yeah I, I I have a little bit of a darker complexion than than maybe some of my Irish folks, but uh, you you do think about that like you can't come back and put your gear on with a sunburn. It hurts like hell, and it's be really the... aggravating. Oh, so but you, you do think about it like you lather up. Like there's no. It's not like a midsummer where ah, I get burned, I can deal with it. You you I thought about it all the time because you didn't want to come back with that. Yeah, but you also can't be the guy. You know, with a T-shirt and socks on and a big old surf hat, right? That's actually worse. I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances with a burn. Yeah, so, Razor, it sounds like you might have played with one or two guys in the NHL who may have come back with a big sunburn, or did you make that mistake yourself? No, I never made it myself, but I, I certainly experienced you know, it. It's almost a given that some somebody's going to fall asleep slash pass out at the pool over uh, over their brace, and they're going to get burnt, and it's comical. Like everyone, what the guy you do see the guy who's burnt, and everybody sits there and watches him put his equipment on because you know it's miserable, and you'll also rub up against him in practice, right, and like scratch of the whole thing. It's yeah, it's it's inevitable. Somebody oh. will do it. And you, we'll be able to see it on TV too, right? Like we'll see them come back with an extra tan and you know that guy oh he got burnt oh do, do you have first game back after the break like are you gonna well these guys you yeah got... we do we have it it must be like the tuesday night back but these guys all go away because the nhl has like they've given it that so the nhl's given everybody five extra days whether it's before the all-star break or after the all-star break so so even jeremy swayman and david pasternak get to go away for a couple days before the all-star game and then half the legal play then and then half the legal play after and guys will get a break afterwards so so everybody gets a break and by the time guys get back from all-star break they'll mm. have actually had their vacation for a week so it won't be as quite as 
as obvious with Bruins this season. Oh, God, I'd love for you to be pointing that out on the uh, ringside <laughs> down there. That'd be fantastic. That's good info, actually. I'll do that. It actually would. I mean, if something, I'm telling you, that would be, uh, that'd go viral, no question. Our guy, Andrew Raycroft, he's with us each and every Friday here on Gresham Fourier. Razor, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the uh, downtime, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Have a weekend. There, there we go. go. There goes our guy, uh, Razor. Great stuff there. How about that on the sunburn? I never thought of it. It's important. If you're a goalie, you can't even, like, if you're a, I mean, if you're skating around, maybe there's a way you can kind of get through it in practice. But if you're a goalie with all that heavy equipment on, man, you can't have I'm telling sunburn. you, and the key is guaranteed heat. You can't go to Florida. You can't go. No, you got to go. You follow that line. You find that line. Bermuda's you find warm. The, oh, it's an hour forty five minute ride. You I don't know. know. It's is? not. All, that's it's not like, true though. It's like it East isn't Coast, always Hawaii. warm. It isn't always warm. Yeah, it is. No, that's not true. Okay, what do you think of the gonna, low? What do you think the low? Well, okay, what do you think? No, what do you think? I, okay, what do you I, think? When the, we went, I looked this up. So please, tell is what me. is a, a high of seventy? Is no, that good enough for you? We, no, no, no. We talked though. That was like the low. Like they at the worst, their lows get into like the low sixties, mm. but they're into the seventies and eighties every day. It's I, sixty-eight degrees in Bermuda right now. I, I don't. I don't know where that's this is. Too, that's Bermuda. not warm enough. But I think but it's, it's also supposed to rain on Monday. It's a point. Don't. Yeah, no, it might. It's a trap. It might flash rain real quick, that's but not it's not going to rain the you whole have a high day. Of Seventy. That's not. That's not what you're looking for. It's but be again, the low sixties next week. But again, if you're looking for something quick, it's an hour I'm and saying, forty during minutes. The summer, it's like yes. six hours to go to freaking Aruba. No, it isn't. It's four. It's from like three hours and forty minutes from Boston. Ah, yes, it's close. Cancun is the one. It's a six-hour flight. No, it's a direct. You want to make a bet? Do you want? I, I yeah, guarantee it, it, you, is not a six-hour flight is L.A. Huh? Six-hour flight is L.A. You're going to the equator. Nonstop is four hours and fifty minutes. Five. Five. So we split we the difference. It's a tie. There you go. Sorta. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the all-time wow, low. Is it that far? The all-time low in Bermuda, I think, is in the 50s or maybe high 40s. Like all-time low. All-time I'm not low. saying that it's not going to be warm, but like when I say like you want some heat, you want it to be in the 80s. So if it's you know five degrees, okay, 70 probably feels like the desert. But y- y- you know you can't guarantee it's going to be crappy weather. With 72 percent humidity feels like 80 mm, degrees according to the a, map. I'm going to have to put a sweater on. Chat. Oh God, a sweater. Good grief. <laughs> We're not in uh, San Luis Obispo for crying out loud on a windy day. Uh, let's get you updated on the latest with the lunchtime parlay and some picks to go into the weekend. Loomer Loney joins us at noon. All that next. You're listening to Gresh and Poirier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Well, it's been a little rainy and cloudy this week for the old lunchtime parlay. Almost had a hit, and then now we just can't get on track. Fourier and I lost both of our college uh, basketball bets yesterday. Oh. Man, I checked with six minutes to go, South Alabama, Louisiana, Monroe. They were at, the total was 141 and a half. They were at like 111, I think. And I'm thinking 30 points for bad teams with X minutes to go. No, it went over by four and a half points. The whole like Cal State Northridge uh, Matadors losing sixty four to fifty six as a one fifty five favorite. Oh, man, yep. they just you know what? It just maybe the atmosphere just wasn't right for them. They were more yeah. collaborative. Yeah, they were. You know, it's like listen, we don't want to win all the games. We feel like 
we should all have a share in all the games. So <laughs> let's make sure we all finish 500. There you go. Right? What league is that? Big West? Yeah, Big West. Yeah, there you go. Not I, a bad I, league, by the way. No, uh, neither was the Sun Belt. Sun Belt's doing their uh, their thing. They're kind of getting there. Uh, Billy nailed the Drew Holiday block. I knew it. That was a little dicey for it was, a moment. It was funny because I, at first I thought he had the Derek, uh, Derek White. Derek White one. Because he was getting blocks left and right, and I had to look at it and be like, oh, it wasn't D. White. <laughs> uh, and uh, Chicken Nick had the Oilers not minus one and a half, but minus two and wow. a half goals. What that final end up being, Nick? Three nothing. Oh baby! I believe it was one nothing going into the third. Jesus, we are wow. We are by the skin of our teeth for crying out loud. And I don't have many left, so you know we're hurting. Lunchtime parlay is presented by FanDuel America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Weei. I know we are eventually going to talk about these conference championship games for you. I think. Um, Oh, I can't believe what I'm about to say. Just just say it. I'm doing a Fourier. Oh, really? You're going with your who's gut? Due? Wait, wait, well, who's due? Who's yeah, who's point. Yeah, who's yeah, who's due? Hold on, I didn't even see it. What's Wembayana's blocks? <laughs> What's Jokic's assists? Um <laughs> Who's playing Detroit? I have Baltimore on the money line against Kansas City. I've never been a lover of Lamar Jackson, but Baltimore finally gets this game at home. Jackson is upright, healthy, and he has played great, has Lamar Jackson. And it's tough to go against Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. The number is now Baltimore minus four, which is why I'm going to Baltimore on the money line to win. Uh, It's kind of going with the public, which I don't love, but I don't know. Something just tells me this is Baltimore's time to finally break through. So I'll take him on the money line against Kansas City up to now minus 198. Actually, it's fluctuating between 195 and 205. Uh, Billy Lanny, what do you got there, friend? I'm going with a Zay Flowers anytime touchdown at plus one. I like it. Oh. I like it. And that ties into my pick, too, which is good. So it puts us on a little uh, same-game parlay in there. Chicken Nick. What do you got? Well, you guys are all over the football games, and my sweet spot lately has been the hockey. You've done well with so hockey. The I hockey am talk. going with one of the hockey games tonight. The Avs are hosting the L.A. Kings, and uh, I'm going with the total over six and a half. I believe in the last five games, the Avs have scored at least the total has gone over seven, I believe, in all five games. So I'm going with the Avs and Kings to go over six and a half goals tonight. All right. And then finally, two-time Super Bowl champion, tight end, Kristen Fowler. I'm just going with... Uh, oh, a tight end? I'm going with Sam Laporta. <laughs> I'm amazed that this is only at 48 and a half receiving mm-hmm. yards. Because the 49ers do a good job against tight ends. I know, but this, this, is, listen, this is a little bit different, and I can easily see them... You know, somehow trying to stop the run, first of all, which means uh, uh, you're going to have to, you know, because that is a, a big key for any defense playing against the Detroit Lions. Play action is going to be huge. Red zone opportunities. I, I, I almost wanted to go with any time touchdown, but I feel like if he he can get 50 yards. I, I, I kind of agree, we, especially if they're running the ball against yeah. San Francisco. One naked that bootleg, play he's going to get 30. Up. Yeah. So there you go. All right, so we have Sam Laporta over 48.5 receiving yards in the NFC Championship game. The Colorado Avalanche Kings going over 6.5. Zay Flowers anytime touchdown. I can't believe I'm picking Baltimore on the money line. But, folks, your $10 will win you a nice, tidy $3, nice and even. So a multiple of 12 and a cup of coffee if you 
follow today's lunchtime parlay with Gresham Fourier. We'll get that up on social media. Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. On Instagram, Gresh and Fourier spell out the A-N-D in between our last names. And we welcome in Lou Merloni for the first of his noon visits with us next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.